meet Eva. She's been dealing with health issues for years. She often feels drained and sensitive to so many things around her. She's prone to anxiety, has frequent stomach aches, and has trouble sleeping. She will feel better for some time, and then, what seems like out of nowhere, her symptoms flare. And as to what she's tried, well, it's really more like what hasn't she tried? From many conventional specialists like endocrinologists and gastroenterologists to a naturopath, homeopath, and a functional medicine doctor. Tons of medications and even more supplements later, she finds herself in the same predicament, still having good days and bad days with no answers. When I met Eva, my sense was that it was something in her surroundings and we had to put everything together to get to the bottom of her mystery. Every year, thousands of people are told there's no explanation for their health concerns and no way to fix them. They feel frustrated, undermined, and lost. I know because that was me before I figured out the actual causes and reclaimed my health. Now, I help others do the same. I'm Ina Toppler, and this is Health Mystery Solved. We just heard about the back and forth health struggles that Eva was going through. Joining me on the show today to talk more about this is Lori Kennedy. Lori is the CEO of the Wellness Business Hub and the host of the Business of Becoming podcast. And she's also a mom of two kids, and all of this is keeping her super busy. Lori, we've been planning this for a long time, and I am so excited to finally have you on. Welcome. Thank you for having me. There are lots of underlying reasons for health issues, especially symptoms like feeling drained. And while many involve biochemical causes like a slow thyroid or weak adrenals, in some cases, it can actually be to certain factors outside of us. This may sound strange to some, but it's quite common and some people are more sensitive than others. Lori, what does it mean to be highly sensitive? It could mean... A variety of things, but the characteristics of being highly sensitive, it really is having a highly sensitive nervous system. So that could show up in terms of your emotional state. It could show up in terms of your physical state. For me, I, you know, have identified as being a highly sensitive empath. I also am super intuitive. Um, and we can talk a little bit more about physically and emotionally how that impacts me. Um, but basically it means that you are highly sensitive to stimuli. So whether that's smells, sounds, lights, other people's energy, the environment, like you have probably some type of symptom or reaction to being startled, to feelings, um, to being in uncomfortable situations. And those, at least in my experience, those triggers seem to get worse when I'm tired. So when I'm, you know, not operating at my best, I am much more highly sensitive to sound, um, to smells, to, to stimuli in general, and to just being in environmental and or social situations that 
trigger me emotionally. Now, you also mentioned the word empath, and this is something that, you know, we hear a little bit about, but I'm not sure that people really know or understand that word. You know, what does it mean to be an empath? Is that the same as being highly sensitive or there are some differences there? I think that there's some differences. So an empath is that you feel and absorb other people's emotions um, or and or physical symptoms because you're highly sensitive, right? So because you're so acutely aware of certain things, you literally absorb it. And that's what it feels like. So for me, I always thought that I had social anxiety disorder growing up. Not that it was ever diagnosed, but I had a really hard time being in the world, honestly. Like I didn't know what it was. And so being in situations like closed situations, public transit, bars, airplanes, my classroom at school, I just remember having all kinds of feelings all the time. And if a classmate or somebody would fall down and hurt themselves, I would instantly burst into tears as if I felt it myself. Wow. I had a lot of anxiety growing up, a tremendous amount of anxiety. And I didn't understand back then that that was my nervous system, literally my body's way of filtering other people's feelings. And so being an empath is you really take on sometimes in an unhealthy way and a detriment to your own self, other people's emotions and temperaments. And you don't even know that you're doing it half the time. You don't even know, you know, why you feel the way that you feel, but you can recognize that they're not necessarily your feelings. And you sort of filter other people's feelings And you have a really hard time sort of intellectualizing what's happening. Like you're having all of these emotions, you're having all of these physical symptoms, and you're not really sure why. Hmm. And in your opinion, how common is it for people to feel this way? I think it's way more common than we realize. I mean, I'm not like a, you know, a licensed therapist or anything, but with my work especially, I have a large community and when I started talking about being highly sensitive and being empathic and sharing some of the signs and symptoms that I experience, every time I talk about it, people respond with, oh my gosh, thank you for sharing this. I couldn't ever pinpoint why I felt the way that I felt. And I think to a certain degree, depending on how aware you are, we all have this, you know, like we all, we're human beings. We are connected to each other. And I think I would hope that the majority of the population has some type of empathic tendencies. Um, I think there's a lot of people that are highly sensitive, empathic, and don't realize that not having the tools and strategies to be able to support your nervous system and support your emotional state is contributing to fatigue. It's contributing to a lot of the physical symptoms because energy can't be created or destroyed. It has to go somewhere. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. if you can't filter it out and if you don't understand what's happening, it's going to manifest and it's going to manifest into physical symptoms that, you know, you can run all the tests, you can go see all the doctors and they're going to be like, you can't find anything. You know, they can't figure it out. 
Yeah. So if someone is wondering if perhaps they're an empath or they're highly sensitive, if there is a checklist and you mentioned a couple of things. So first, you know, if they've gone to doctors and especially if they've gone to a lot of more integrative practitioners, you know, that are looking at a lot of those underlying root cause things and they're still not feeling a difference, you know, that would be one check mark that that could be one of the reasons. You mentioned picking up on other people's energy. So if they see someone feeling sad, you know, they can instantly feel that sadness or like you were saying, burst into tears, you know, if someone else gets hurt. What are some other things that people can kind of check off, if you will, to see if this could be an issue for them? Yeah. So one of the things, this is how it shows up for me is I can feel other people's truth. And I know that that sounds a little woo woo and a little wonky, but they're not my feelings because I have no reason to feel that way. You know, when somebody Mm. like a human lie detector, almost like that's sort of how empaths are described as. So when you're talking to someone and they're not, whether it's intentional or not, a lot of the times it's not, it's almost like you see through the words and you can genuinely feel their authenticity without them having to say it. I can't describe it any better than that, but it's like you can feel people's truth. And sometimes you speak that back to them and they get triggered because they're not even aware of it. So it's like having that like human lie detector element. A lot of empaths are introverted because you need the quiet time. Being around too many people, too much stimuli is super draining, you know? Like you can think about it this way in terms of, and, and, and not all introverts are empaths, but if you are, you know, out in the world and you're engaging with people and you come home and you need quiet and you just need to like be by yourself, you know, that's something to look into more needing, like I said, needing alone time, feeling really overwhelmed, but you can't put your finger on it when you're in group social situations and you just, you feel almost like maybe a little anxious, maybe like you can't like breathe so good. Maybe you feel like choking, but there's no reason to choke, you know, where you feel like nervous in certain situations. Again, it's just energy and it's your body's interpretation of it. Um, if spending time in nature and by water is like so soothing for you and you feel completely rejuvenated where it's almost like you're craving outdoors where you're craving nature. One of the tall tale signs also of being like highly sensitive or an empath is really external stimuli. So sounds, smells, environmental, social situations. So for me, you know, sounds are a huge trigger for me. Smells are a huge trigger to the point where I mentioned this before, when I'm tired, I have two children who are not quiet. (laughs) (laughs) You know, when I'm tired, uh, they like, I cannot, I cannot hear noise. I can't even hear them breathe. And that's really hard. And will be, for example, like my son plays hockey and it's extremely, you know, high energy. We're in arenas, the lights in arenas suck, everybody's there. And then in the car on the way home, there's no talking. Like they know I need five to 10 minutes in the car, no music, no talking. Like I need quiet and then I'm okay. But it's like, when you're just like, I just need you to stop talking. I just need quiet. Um, you might notice that when you go to certain places, you literally can't cope right? Like you, you can't cope. I won't go into arcades because 
the sounds, the bells, the this, the that, like I, I, my nervous system is just like, nope, I'm not going to do that. So I'll wait outside, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. You can recognize that certain situations really create almost like chaos in your body. Yeah. This is so helpful because I think that there's so many people that feel this, but they don't really know why it's happening. And I think that just having the understanding that it is the sensitive sensitivity and it is this sort of empathic qualities that are creating it, you know, it almost gives you a reason. And obviously, you know, there's things that we can then do to support that. But I think some of the biggest things is for people to know what's happening. It's the not knowing, it's the wondering, you know, it's the mystery of it that creates a lot of the confusion and the frustration and fear and all of the other negative things that go along with it. Mm-hmm, for sure. Now, here's a question for you. Do you think that people are born this way, you know, being more sensitive or more empathic, or do you think it's possible that they may be exposed to potentially more stress or maybe their nervous system is just more upregulated for whatever reason, you know, whether it's energetic or something else that's innate? I think honestly, both. I mean, my kids, I am fortunate to have learned of my own sort of tendencies, being empathic, being intuitive, being highly sensitive before I had my children. And so specifically with my son, who's my second child, he is highly sensitive and both of my kids are super empathic to the point where like, you know, if I stub my toe and I'm upstairs and my son is downstairs and I say, ow, he will burst into tears, like burst into tears. He can't handle it. And interestingly for my son, he never enjoyed going to birthday parties. He wouldn't go. I remember him going to his first birthday party and the mom had to call me to come get him because he had his hands over his ears and he was like in the corner and he was like, it's too loud. It's, it's too much for him. It's too much stimulation for him. And so he never went to birthday parties. He never wanted to go. And we just actually went to a birthday party and he sat outside in the hall when they were doing the cake and they were, all these kids are running around. My son's an athlete. My son plays high level hockey. Like he is a full athlete, but it's a different situation when it's too much stimuli. He can't, he can't handle it. And he doesn't like going to malls. He doesn't like being in busy restaurants. Like I know what it is, so I don't force it. And we accommodate obviously, but it's just been really interesting to watch him knowing what I know and being able to support him in that way with his like really big feelings and like teaching him how to get his energy out what that looks like for him and teaching him strategies to physically get the energy out of his body. So I definitely think that you could be born with these tendencies, with these gifts of being highly sensitive. And I also think that you might be born with them and not know what they are and just attribute it to being, you know, when I grew up in people like, oh my God, you're so sensitive. Like, Mm, yeah, you cry all the time. You know, and I felt really bad about that. I was like, there's something wrong with me. And then I realized like it's, I cry all the time still. It's a release of energy. That's all it is. I cry at happy things. I cry, like I can't help it. And so it's my body's way of releasing energy. And because I feel it so intensely that I literally have to cry. 
I think that a lot of people don't realize what it is that's happening. And I also think given, you know, the days that we're living in now, with everybody's hormones being affected so much between, you know, stressors and environment and food and lack of sleep and just the hustle and bustle of life, I think we're all more sensitive than maybe, you know, in, in, you know, 50 to 75 years ago, just given the fact that our bodies are so more exposed to harmful things. No, that makes a lot of sense. And, you know, I think what you're saying also is so important about looking at these releases and as a positive thing, because it is so common for people to make that negative. Oh my gosh, you're so sensitive. Like you said, you cry all the time or why are you like this? And why that's what it is, right? We have to look for ways to get energy out for some people be screaming for some people. It could be punching a punching bag. It could be running, you know, or crying. And, you know, one of the things that I always do with my little guy, he's three and a half. So, you know, he doesn't really have quite a logical mind to explain stuff, but if he does cry, you know, I don't tell him, no, no, don't cry. Like I encourage, that it's like, okay, get it out. You know, something, you know, whether it's an emotion or he's hurt, I'm like, okay, get it out, get it out. And I think it's such a gift too that you became aware of how you are and what helps you to then be able to show your son. Because I think so many people might wonder, okay, well, what's wrong with my child? Why doesn't he want to go to a birthday party? It's fun. It should be fun. Like, and they would force it and, you know, that would create more stress and trauma for them. Yeah. So speaking of releasing energy, let's talk about ways that people can protect their energy or release their energy and support themselves when they are highly sensitive so that it doesn't negatively affect their health. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we were talking before I hit record and I was sharing with you that even though I still know all of these things about myself, I'm not immune to going and looking for blood work results to pinpoint why I'm tired or doing like all of the sort of functional testing And I'm pretty sure it's going to come back mostly normal. (laughs) And I keep looking for these reasons and I don't give myself enough credit and I don't place enough importance on the strategies that actually support my nervous system and support my body. I keep, when I don't uphold them, I, I, I fall into the same, you know, sort of fatigue, craving, symptom, symptomatic issues that the majority of the population fall into. And I forget that it's not because there's something wrong with me because my blood work shows there isn't. It's that I am not consistently doing these strategies to support my nervous system and to support the fact that I am highly sensitive, which means for me, it takes me more energy to function in the world than other people. That's just how it is. Everything zaps my energy. And so if I don't do these things, I feel very drained. I feel very tired and there's no physical reason why I should, right? And for some people, there probably is a physical reason, but for me, says my blood work, says all the tests, there's not. And so the things that I do to protect myself is I make sure that I have alone time. I have two children. I'm a hockey mom. I run an online business. And at least once a week, if not more, I have time by myself. I need quite, I need a lot of alone time, like a lot and more than I even thought that I did before. And 
I have friends who are like, you know, where do you go? And I don't see you. And I'm like, because I got the kids and I got the work and I need to be by myself to recharge. I don't derive energy from being around other people. I derive energy from being by myself. And so it's been really hard because people who are extroverts, people who get energy from being around other people don't understand that. And that's okay. They don't need to understand. I still need to do what I need to do. So if you are feeling drained, if you are just like annoyed with everybody, try and give yourself alone time every day, 10, 15 minutes of like silence. You don't have to meditate. You can journal, you can read. And I know it sounds so simplistic, but you need to rejuvenate. It's like your battery is dead and you need to charge it. And the way that perhaps you can charge your battery is with silence and alone time. Go for a walk outside, stand outside and breathe fresh air. So for me, I start my day every day by myself. I wake up at 5 a.m. every day because I need the first 90 minutes of my day to be by myself in silence. And I have a morning routine. And when I happen to sleep in or when we're on vacation and we're all staying in a hotel room and I have to wake up and be in other people, my children's energy, I am not, I am not grounded that day. I'm not very nice. I have much less patience. I notice a dramatic difference when I don't start the day by myself. So that's been hugely important to me. Also, in whatever way you want to, move your body. So energy cannot be created or destroyed, but it can be moved, right? So it's stagnant. So if you're feeling tightness of breath or pain in your body or just really tired, like literally just move your body, just like do arm circles, go for a walk. Like you don't have to do vigorous exercise, but you have to move the energy. Dancing for me, like I just put music on and I'll dance one song and I can feel my physiology change. I can feel my energy shift. And maybe you're listening and you're like, those are dumb. Like that's not really going to help me. Try it. These are so simple. They don't cost any money. You don't have to buy a special pill, but like this is protecting your body. The other thing is fundamental nutrition right? Keeping your blood sugar balanced, making sure you're eating enough protein, like getting water, sleeping seven hours a night. When I don't sleep, forget it. Like forget it. You know, like there's no way I can handle myself. And I know that. So I protect my sleep. That means I don't go out and socialize till midnight. You know, I have a really simple sort of boring life because that's what my body requires. And I appreciate that because I am able to show up in a way that I am so proud of. I'm able to be the kind of mom, calm, present, grounded most of the time. (laughs) I'm able to be a good leader for my team. When I overextend, I don't feel good. Yeah, no, this makes so much sense. And, you know, I think the word boring that you mentioned, you know, you said like, oh, I have a boring life, but it's not boring to you. No, I think that's the most important thing because I think that people may feel, oh, well, if I stop going out till 2 a.m., well, what are people going to think? And am I going to be fun, right? But it's what you think, right? So if you enjoy staying in and watching a movie, like I, for example, now, especially since having a child, I mean, I don't go out past 10 o'clock. We were out to dinner the other day and it was 10.30 and I'm like, oh my goodness, this is way past my bedtime. But that didn't make me feel 
that I was, maybe other people may think that I'm boring and that's okay, but I did and I had a great time and I know I need eight and a half hours of sleep. And I fought this for years, Lori. I'm like, oh, but everyone needs seven and I could deal with seven. No, I can't. Eight and a half, nine is even better. And I learned that over the years. And, you know, that's fun to me. Like it's fun to wake up refreshed versus going out and then waking up feeling like crap. Absolutely. And I, I genuinely believe, and I'm in this camp too, I didn't appreciate just how much rest my body needs. I think as a highly sensitive person, because our nervous systems are on high alert all the time, as opposed to someone who maybe is more extroverted, maybe not as highly sensitive, maybe not as highly aware of you know the stimuli, my nervous system, I didn't appreciate that it's almost working overtime all the time Mm -hmm. because it's trying to filter and it's trying to protect me. And so when I forget that and I don't rest and I stay up too late or I don't drink the water or I don't keep my blood sugar balanced or I don't move my body, you know, a week later, I feel like garbage, like complete garbage. And I get super anxious I get really mad at myself because I am not supporting myself in the way that my body needs because of other people's opinions or because, you know, I had to do whatever it is, but it's like, I have to stand firm in my boundaries because this is my body and I'm here to do a job and I don't like yelling at my children because I'm irritable and anxious and have no patience because my nervous system, because I was out in the world that day, let's say I had to like go be in a car for longer periods of time and drive and be in meetings and do this and do that. And that taxes me. If this is starting to make sense to you, why maybe you're so tired all the time and and you can't get a hold, you know, of your energy and of your moods and you're constantly trying these things and you're looking like, Maybe you are highly sensitive. Maybe you are empathic and it just hasn't ever occurred to you before that your body is more sensitive to stimuli. Yeah. No, this is such a good point. One of the things that I actually discovered about myself, and I don't know if I'd call myself very highly sensitive, but I think I'm somewhat sensitive. And I do think that my nervous system does tend to go up quickly. You know, I always tell people, you know, think of your nervous system having, you know, a scale from one to 10. And, you know, ideally we should oscillate at like a one or a two. And then when we have a stressful event, it may go to a five or a six or a seven. You know, I think normally I oscillate at a three or a four so that when I do have a stressful event, I'll go to 10 or 11, right? Which is too much. So I have to do a little bit extra so that I'm down regulating my nervous system always because since I'm at a three or a four instead of a one, two, I have to work at it every day to get it down to one, two, so that when stressful events happen, I don't go to 11. Um, But one thing that I found was I don't do well with watching very um, excitatory types of things on TV. And you know, it's one of those things, you know, people laugh at me, but they'll say like, oh, let's go watch this movie or let's do this. I'm like, no, I can't. And now like my husband, my friends, they know like, oh, this is not an Ina movie. This is not an Ina show. Um, and I think I fought that for a long time. And even things that aren't like, and I'm not talking about horror films necessarily, but even things like, if you guys remember like 24, um, or Homeland, right? Like it's interesting. There's a plot, you know, but it's very suspenseful. And I found, and this, I remember this even as a little girl, but it took me a while for that to click. I almost put myself 
in there. Like it feels like I'm there and someone's about to attack me or that, you know, like the character is being hurt. And I'm like, oh my God, like it's me, even though I know like it's not. And what I try to do is I try to pretend that like I see all the cameras and I see the set so that it doesn't feel so real. But after a while, I'm like, this is just silly. Like now I'm getting my nervous system to like a 12 and then I can't sleep. (laughs) And so, you know, sometimes I would want to know what happened. So my husband would watch it and then I'd ask him to give me a recap of what happened on Homeland last night, but I just can't do it. Yeah. I had the same thing with um, crime shows. Like I, and even it's the funny because my friends also, like I'll say, you know, can I watch this movie? Like you watch the trailer and you tell me if I can watch this movie because I can't even watch the trailer. Like I won't watch any crime shows. I can watch like mafia shows, like drug lord shows. Those seem to be okay. But like I can't watch any criminal minds or like whatever other shows that I can't do it. Yeah, no, it's, it's interesting, but it is one of those things that, you know, for people who, you know, as you're listening to this, if you think that you are more sensitive, just pay attention because it took me a while for that to click. Like I knew it didn't feel good, but I just didn't connect it. And that could be such a big thing. I mean, if you're watching something a couple of nights a week, you know, that's a regular nervous system three, four days a week. And that's a big deal. So just cutting that out can be really helpful. Yeah. Now, Lori, how did you figure all of this out? How old were you? And how did, like, when did it click for you that, wait a minute, like, this isn't physical. There's something here and I need to make these changes. I think I figured it out in university. So in my early 20s, because that's also when I started to see a naturopathic doctor for my stomach issues, I had always had an issue being in bars. I don't, even now, now I don't drink, but even back then I wasn't a huge drinker and I felt super anxious in public transportation and in bars. And those two places specifically because I think, and obviously I don't have like research to back this up, but people in public transit are stressed and not in very good moods and people in bars are often drinking to suppress certain things, right? Like it's not a very authentic place. I was always the designated driver because the drinking seemed to exacerbate my level of discomfort. Um, And also I had like crazy stomach issues. I had like leaky gut and candida and all of that. So I wasn't drinking anyway. And I remember talking to my naturopath about this and saying like, I'm super anxious and this is how I feel. And as I was doing my like gut healing protocol, it intensified so much. And so she was like, well, maybe you're an empath. So then I just started to like research it. And I did like all of these tests and, you know, online quizzes and stuff like that. There's no like, I don't think actual tests you could take. And I just started to learn about my personality. You know, things started to click for me why I felt things like viscerally, like I feel everything from everyone. And I didn't understand what that was and how that contributed to my digestion and how that contributed to my anxiety. And, you know, I just started to really investigate my personality and what things really bothered me. Smells, sounds always bothered me, even from, I remember like being so little and the sounds, like clicking sounds, I can't, I can't even. And just being in really busy places, like, I will not go to malls on the weekend, being in amusement parks. I went to Vegas one time. I will never go back. Certain situations really 
did a number on me and it just started to make sense. So you can just Google it. You know, Judith Orloff, she has a lot of books on empath and being an empath and what that means. Um, There's a ton of information available online. But as soon as I started to research it, uh, it made sense to me. And then I started to work with people, energy workers and, you know, kinesiologists and stuff like that to teach me how to manage my energy and how to manage the outside world and, you know, how to sort of guard and protect and put boundaries up and have contracts, you know, whether again, this is a belief system, but you know, to have a contract to say, like, when you walk into a place, like you leave all the negative energy at the door, right. To like fortify, you know, my own force field, so to speak, and not to absorb it and what to do when I do absorb it. Like I've really learned specific strategies on how to process through it when I feel it. Mm. What are some of the things that you do? I understand it's probably very individual for different people, but how do you process and release it? The first thing is when I'm doing certain things, I will just say out loud, like I ask for protection in all areas, right? So again, this is a belief system and I get that, but I visualize myself not in a super tight bubble, but in a loose bubble where I can move my arms and I just visualize like a fortress and I can visualize other people's energy like bouncing off it. And I just sort of from my head down with my hands, I just like put my shield on and I just sort of ask for protection. And I have, you know, I just say like, no one else's energy is allowed to enter my space. That, you know, has worked for me. The other thing too is I avoid certain situations that I know trigger me. I don't go to casinos. I don't really go to bars. I don't, you know, I'll go to amusement parks, but they're outside. So I'm not in enclosed spaces. I don't take public transportation. I don't put myself in situations where I can be infiltrated by other people's emotional stuff that they haven't dealt with. (laughs) Yeah, that's so smart. Now, what if you are not in an enclosed space, but let's say you're having a conversation with someone and perhaps it's someone you know, or perhaps it's someone maybe you recently met and their energy maybe is a little bit more intense or, um, you know, some people tend to kind of like grab others energy, you know, and, you know, call them like like energy energy vampires. Yes. And so what if you're in a situation like that? And let's just say that, you know, you didn't have time to do the the protection or you didn't do it at the moment and you do absorb some of that, or you do feel like your energy sort of been kind of drained by that person. Is there anything that has worked for you to help to release that? Yeah. First, I would just say, I always give those people compassion. And I, you know, I, I believe that also part of my reason for being alive and being empathic is to give some of my energy to those people that need it, right? Where maybe they need a little, you know, sensitivity or they need compassion or kindness or love or whatever. So if they've used up some of mine, that's okay. I can replenish. Like that's sort of my mindset. I don't Like, oh, because me stressing about it, oh my God, like that person, blah, 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 and they're horrible and they suck my energy and they were complaining and they this and they that, that 
drives my energy more, right? Like I'm basically giving them more of my energy when I react that way. Yes. So if I leave a situation where I can feel like, oh man, that was super intense in any which way, I'm just really grateful that I was, I was able to be there, be present, be supportive. I give them compassion. I give them love. And then I go and I move my body. I literally will put the music on in the car. I will yell. I will like car dance. I will go to <laughs> walk. I will move the energy out of my body. I will say, you are free to leave. You are free to leave. You are free to leave. This is not my energy. You do not need to stay here. You can go. And I talk to it. And I know that sounds crazy. No, it doesn't. It works. I love it. You know, like, I'm like, Kate, this is not mine. You need to leave. I'm going to dance you out. You need to go. Yeah. I don't need to absorb this. This is not for me. That's not my lesson. It's not my issue. It's not for me, even though I feel it so deeply, like in my gut, you know, I don't need to hold on to it. It's not helpful. So I let it go. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's great. And, you know, I also love the gratitude piece you mentioned first, just because there's so much to gratitude from, you know, so many different areas and, you know, being grateful for being able to recognize the situation and then being able to walk away and then having the tools to deal with it. I mean, that's just such a better way of looking at it. I love that. Yeah. Lori, this has been such a great conversation. Um, I think this is going to be so helpful for so many people because I don't think this is talked about nearly enough. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, now for those that want to connect with you, um, how can people find you? I think the best way is to just go to Instagram. So you can find me at Lori Kennedy Inc. So it's Lori L-O-R-I Kennedy I-N-C. That's the best way. And I talk about this a lot. Like I, I talk about it mostly on my Instagram, um, you know, certain strategies and how my, my routines and all of that good stuff. No, that's wonderful. And I follow you. You have a great Instagram and you're always posting some wonderful, wonderful content. I will put all of this in the show notes for you guys um, so that you can connect with Lori. Lori, thank you again so much for being here. I really, really enjoyed this conversation. Thanks for having me. As you just heard, being an empath can have profound effects on your health if you don't know how to properly manage it. I'll tell you more about what we did for Eva in just a second. But first, if you want to contact or learn more about my guest, Lori Kennedy, all of her information is in the show notes, which you can access by scrolling down on your podcast app or on the website, healthmysterysoft.com under episode 59. And for Eva, I knew there's got to be something else going on that foods and supplements weren't fixing alone. And after speaking to her at length and really getting to know her, I had a feeling that being an empath can be part of this. I talked to her about this concept and she had actually never heard of this and she started to cry just talking about it. She saw how all of this could be so connected to what's going on with her and it really made sense. So we started by putting in some stress management and health practices. Till now, she's really only done foods and supplements but has never actually looked at what she desires what brings her happiness, and what fills her cup. It was actually hard for her to even think about things she really enjoys because it's been so long since she's focused on herself. I had her carve out 30 minutes in the morning to have some quiet time, where she would listen to music, something that she told me really calmed her down. She also talked to her family and friends about what she discovered and what she would need from them to help her balance her body. 
getting everyone on board and having a support system was huge for her. I also recommended that she work with an energy practitioner so she can learn more about how to better control and protect her energy. Now, I know that for some of you, this may sound a little woo-woo. And trust me, at first, it did to me too, because I'm such a nitty-gritty science girl. Who am I kidding? I'm a total science geek. But there's so much research on this, and the issue with those who are empaths is that they tend to be so sensitive to others' energy. So the better they can own their own energy, so to speak, the less others' energy will affect them. A few weeks after putting in these self-care practices, Eva felt much better. She was calmer, had more energy, and the bad days were far fewer than before. Doing this while also working with the energy coach allowed her to better understand and control her body, and two months later, she was feeling even stronger, and she had two weeks where she didn't have any bad days at all. She was really excited, and will continue to build on this in the coming weeks. If Eva sounds like someone you know, please share this episode with them. And make sure you subscribe to the show because the next health mystery or topic that I discuss could be one you or someone you love is dealing with right now. As always, please don't give up on your health issues. The answers are out there and there is hope. I'm Ina Toppler. Thank you so much for listening and see you next week on Health Mystery Solved. All information, content, and material on this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to serve as a substitute for the consultation, diagnosis, and or medical treatment of a qualified physician or healthcare provider.